Welcome back to the Sujish Podcast. In the last episode, we heard the details about Guru Gobind Singh's training, how they would practice hand-to-hand combat, grappling, how they would practice archery and target shooting with his guns, how they would go out hunting and maneuvering around on their horse. Chapter 20 now begins describing how a Masand, a community leader in Kabul, Afghanistan, was collecting offerings from that area for the Guru. Every year he would collect these offerings and bring them to the Guru's Darbar, his court. He would bring the offerings from Balak, Bukhara, Iran, and other regions like this. The Masan would collect them and then bring them all annually. One day that Masan was sitting in the presence of the Guru and started this conversation saying, O Prabhu, O Divine, a great large tent was created for the ruler of Dili, Aurangzeb, made out of Pashmina wool. The artisan who made it resides in Kabul and he creates such beautiful work. I saw his work and I was sad in my heart thinking that this is fitting for the Guru. And I remained thinking about it. And that tent was sent to Aurangzeb. And then I thought that a second tent should be made for you. And I'll send all the money I collect. I'll spend it on that. But without your permission, I didn't go forward with that. Thinking that, well, I didn't ask. So I just remained thinking about this. The plume-wearing guru heard this and then said, Well, now you may get ready and head back to Kabul. That tent that was made, tell me about it one more time. Tell me about all the ways in which it was made, what was inside of it. And then go there and prepare it. And spend whatever money you need, whatever you desire, for its payment. The Masan heard this and said, O Divine, you are the one to liberate all. Within that tent, there are so many things in there. The walls are decorated with plants and vines. The frills have embroidery with gold and silver thread. Here and there, there are bunches of pearls. And it was tied up by silk strings. The marquee, the pinnacle, had lots of gold attached to it. And because it was strung up on all four sides, the tent looked very sturdy and strong. On all four corners on the outside, there was inlays of silver along with gold and pearls. The pillars that were there were crafted and decorated with silver and gold as well. It was made with such exquisite craftsmanship. And now I have obtained your permission. That same type of tent that I had seen, I will go spend money on it. And just like how I've described, I will bring back that same one. So after hearing the words from the Guru that pleased him, he had permission and he left. He reached Gobble with great happiness in his heart. He quickly ordered the commission. He paid the craftsman with all the money he had there taking the money from the various regions of that area, giving it to the craftsman so the tent could be prepared. And over and over again, he would request to that craftsman. He would say, just like you made that tent for Aurangzeb, make it, but make it even better than that. There's no limit to the wealth in the Guru's house. Don't worry, we'll pay. So the craftsman spent a great deal of time creating it, slowly making it beautiful and large. With the most sophisticated techniques, he constructed this tent. And whatever money he wanted, he received from that Masan. So the Masand who would for one year collect about 125,000 rupees, for two years the collection would be 250,000 rupees. He spent all of that money on this tent, giving it to the craftsman who with great skill and sophistication created this tent. The Masand then brought the tent to Anandapur along with many men to take care of it along the way. And in meeting the Guru, he fell at the Guru's feet, bowing down and saying, this tent is now ready. Then Guru Gobind Singh from their mouth said, Assemble the tent, string it up with rope, and then we'll see how it is made. It's taken quite a while for the tent to be brought. So the six then begin spreading out the sheets on the ground and stringing up the tent from all four sides. 
From inside all the decorations of the plants and flowers, it looked like as if it was a garden. There were decorations of fruit, flowers, trees, leaves, and lotus flowers. And then the tent was erected in which you could see two large pinnacles. There were walls made out of fine wool of various different colors which glistened even from far distances. On one corner there was a little beautiful pinnacle there and it shined so brightly like a flower garden. Outside there were frills which were embroidered with gold and silver thread with garlands of pearls swaying in the wind. The pillars which were decorated with silver and gold were upright now. The silver brightly shined so beautifully. It was strongly strung up and looked so stunning. The tent, which was made at a cost of 250,000 rupees, that tent was now seen by Guru Gobind Singh. And when the Guru went inside, he was so pleased. His uncle, Mama Kripal Chand, also was just praising it, saying, Just like how you are the Shiromani, the highest of them all, O Guru Gobind Singh, in the same way, this tent is the best. It's heard that Aurangzeb also has a tent like this, but it's not made this well. It does not compare. Now, who can make something comparable? Without you, Guru Gobind Singh, nobody would be able to perform such a feat. So in the afternoon now, they laid out the sheets, and inside the tent, they had set up a drabar, a court session. Guru Gobind Singh, the great, was seated there gloriously. The Sikh congregation, along with the many Masans, were there. The Rababis were singing Kirtan in great bliss. Everyone was seeing this wondrous tent, and everybody was delighted. They were saying, this is suitable for the Guru. Everyone was seated there until evening time when Reheras was recited and completed. Then Guru Gobind Singh left and went back to their beautiful residence, having food there before spending the night there. In all areas and regions, the tent became well known and famous. Whoever saw it would praise it greatly. Then one day Guru Gobind Singh was sitting there, just like how the God of Heaven Indra would sit gloriously in Heaven. The Guru's clothes and jewelry were looking so elegant. New congregations would come and see the Guru. And from one region, a congregation came which brought some very rare and beautiful offerings. Amongst the congregation was a Khatri Sikh who came with his daughter in a Doli, a palanquin. They were from the fine clan of Kumarav and they set up a camp in Anandpur. They sent word to Mata Gujri that they had another daughter-in-law for her in the palanquin. She was receiving congratulations from others in great joy. She was giving out clothing and money to the poor of that area. To deliver the darshan divine sight to the congregation, Guru Gobind Singh went into the darbar, the court, and sat there. The word spread now to the entire congregation that now was the time to come view the Guru. The congregation then quickly brought their offerings and came into the darbar, bowing down, placing their offerings in front of the Guru, reciting the desires they had within their heart, and in looking at the beloved six, Guru Gobind Singh fulfilled all of their desires, looking graciously upon them all. The Khatri Sikh then clasped his hands together and said, I have brought my daughter to be your dasi, your wife. Only through you will she have a master or husband. I have full faith in this. Listening to this, Guru Gobind Singh said from their exultant mouth, Yes, send her to the residence. Send her inside. And Guru Gobind Singh delivering his darshan to the entire congregation for some time, then left and went inside their residence. Mata Gujri then calculated the date and created all the celebrations for the wedding, having the true Guru perform the fere, the wedding rituals, and in the city of bliss, Anandpur, bliss only oozed out, increased even more and more. They performed all the familial rituals and traditions, Kulki 
as was appropriate. Spending money and great celebrations and congratulations were exchanged. The second wedding of the plume-wearing guru occurred with the fortunate Mata Sundari, who would live a very long life, living well after Guru Gobind Singh's passing. And in this way, in Anandpur, the Guru's great feats were being performed. This is how chapter 20 concludes. And in the next chapter, we're going to hear about a king named Ratam Rai and how he was preparing to obtain the darshan of Guru Gobind Singh. So that's what we're going to pick up next time. But as always, I'd like to thank those who have been supporting the podcast through the Mangalacharan Patreon page. Jira paake, onge gunare pyare, jikonge jikare, gajke jikare, yaave na